Max Power, he's the man whose name you'd love to touch, but you mustn't touch. His name sounds good in your ear, but when you say it, you mustn't fear, cause his name can be said by anyone. Ah, Max Power, how's every little thing? Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes. It's a Utah jazz podcast. Uh, it's a holiday weekend, and uh, I'm proud to be here with uh, Jared Barker. What's up, Jared? What's up? We're hitting some high notes today. Yeah, that's how, that's how we do on this uh, Memorial weekend. Uh, and our guest today is uh, Porter Larson, uh, ESPN. He is a uh, Utah Ute, Real Salt Lake, and Utah jazz insider for ESPN 700. What's up, man? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, thanks for, so thanks, for, yeah thanks for spending um, uh, your uh, holiday weekend with us here. So yeah, we appreciate uh, you obliging, man. Yeah, we got no we problem. got big jazz stuff. We're still in the off season. Well, first of all, let's. Uh, I mean, uh, just a few days ago, we had uh, Raptors finishing off the Bucks in six games, winning four straight. And I think we have uh, the NBA Finals coming up in the next four months or something. I don't know. We have a long break before Game One of the Finals. Uh, how do you, how do you guys um, liking the playoff basketball so far? Yeah, you know it, it's been fun to watch. I, I was a little bit worried going in without a LeBron James. I'm a big LeBron guy, and you know I was worried the East was going to be a little boring. The West, we know what's going to happen. The Warriors are going to come out of the West, uh, and so I was a little worried. But the the playoffs have been fun to watch. They've been exciting. Uh, kind of the resurgence of Kawhi Leonard, superstardom, and and Giannis Antetokounmpo really breaking through has made it. Uh, quite an interesting playoffs, and and looking forward to the finals. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely have to agree with you. The East was the second round of the East was intriguing. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. And just well, LeBron heading west, um, it it gave these East teams who were uh, perpetually going for second best, going, hey guys, we have a chance now. And you know, Toronto made a a trade for Kawhi Leonard that some people panned because they thought Kawhi Leonard was going to leave after the year. He still might, but you know, it brought Toronto their first trip to the finals ever. Uh, we have, again, we talked about Giannis and the Bucks and even the Celtics and Sixers who seem like they were the favorites in the East are uh, kind of on the, uh, they're still in the mix to, to be powerhouses in the East for a long time. So it's, it's interesting. I think the Warriors still, I think the Warriors actually take care of the Raptors pretty easily in the finals, but who knows, you know, it, we, we can see, if we see an upset, I'd be all for that. So. Yeah, I think it, it I think everyone pretty much is probably hoping for that, or at least hoping to see a good series. Uh, that, that, that really all hinges on Kawhi Leonard. I think <laughs> that guy is unbelievable. And it, I think the, the series goes as he does, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, that's that's not what we're here for. We're not here to talk about playoff basketball. We're here to talk about Utah Jazz basketball. Uh, and some big news happening this last week. Rudy Gobert got uh, the nod for all NBA third team. And after some initial confusion that day when it was announced, it looks like that Rudy Gobert will be eligible uh, in 2020 to sign a super max extension. 
Uh, let me see if I can, if I have the numbers correct. It looks like he can sign a five-year, $247 million deal. Uh, that takes about 35% of the cap. And he'll be eligible for at the age of 33 in, uh, what year is that? Uh, 2026, 2027 for a $60 million uh, uh, for, for salary for that year. Um, so that has brought up some uh, interesting feelings from Jazz fans who, first of all, most, most Jazz fans are very happy that Rudy Gobert has played well enough to uh, be on track for uh, a second consecutive Defensive Player of the Year award uh, to make his second All-NBA team. But it does put Jazz, I don't know if it does, but we assume that it puts the Jazz into a tricky situation uh, with the cap. Because Rudy Gobert, uh, in a couple of years, could sign a 35% of the cap extension. And that lines up with Donovan Mitchell's um, ex- uh, extension off his rookie contract. So the Jazz are going to be paying some money soon. And if the Jazz get a free agent this year, say I'm not saying that they will, but say they sign Tobias Harris at the max contract. That's three players that are taking up 85 to 90% of your cap. So it's not impossible to overcome but it does make it harder for the jazz so uh there's a conundrum between jazz fans who don't know if rudy gobert is quote unquote worth the supermax um porter how do you feel about the supermax contract and the jazz yeah man i mean it's good for rudy gobert right he's obviously an incredibly valuable player uh maybe one of the most valuable players at least to his respective team in the nba and when you look at it from that perspective, yeah, you think he's he's worth whatever money you can throw at him. That being said, uh, there's a lot of other variables. There's a lot of other things going on. First off, the Jazz have to figure out what they do this offseason. Because if you if you get another guy, if you get a, a guy to pair with Donovan Mitchell, uh, you're hoping that's long term, right? And, and you're going to have even more money on the books going forward. So when, when Rudy Gobert is eligible for that Supermax, you not only have to keep in mind if Rudy Gobert's worth it, but you also have to keep in mind that Donovan Mitchell is going to be up for re- renegotiating his contract. You're also going to have to think that whatever the Jazz do this offseason, and you know if they were able to bring in a big free agent, they're probably going to have to look at what they do with that free agent long term. And with Rudy Gobert, man, like I said before, you can't underestimate his value. Uh, not only is he an elite defender, but he's really progressed offensively and become an efficient player on that side of the ball as well. Um, but can you put a value? Can you put a number on that contract? I'm not sure $250 million is the, the value you could do because you look at what Rudy does and yeah, he's elite. He's an elite defender, but can you give a super max contract to a guy who is only really elite on one side of the floor? For me, I think, uh, that contract has got to be reserved for a LeBron James, a Kawhi Leonard. Uh, because when you look at teams who've given their guys the big contracts, um, a lot of times it kind of it, it holds them hostage to their own salary. You look at what Houston's got going on right now. Yeah, they have two superstars in Chris Paul and James Harden, uh, but Chris Paul's kind of starting to hit his downslope. And you have 70-plus percent of your salary cap tied up into just those two players. And if you can't surround those two players with, decent talent you're not going to win an NBA finals you're not going to beat the Golden State Warriors so uh, the Jazz have a lot to consider Uh, as you mentioned earlier Rudy will be going on 33 34 years old in the last year or last year two of that super max contract 
can you pay a 34 year old shot blocker who you know is let's let's just be realistic seven foot two players in general don't usually have the the longest career longevity they don't usually play that long and when you look at how their careers go at the end of their career there's usually a really steep drop off so you have to really pay attention to how Rudy Gobert's body holds up over the next two or three years to even consider that. Because for me, I don't think you can pay a 34-year-old shot blocker $60 million. That just completely holds your franchise hostage. And you have to think that you know they are hoping to get a Donovan Mitchell and someone paired with him long-term. And, and Rudy Gobert's Supermax contract might hinder that. So the ironic thing is that the Supermax uh, contract was designed to help these quote unquote small market teams. It was designed to help every team, any team to keep their own players. And uh, the, the hard part is that some teams that, you know, could be like the Jazz are a small market team, the, the Hornets are a small market team. Kemba Walker just became eligible for his, eligible for his Supermax contract, which might keep him in Charlotte, but will hamstring that franchise for a few years because. They won't have cap space to get anybody else, exactly. and they don't have they don't have a team that you know full of uh, other contending pieces that makes them a championship contender. Uh, and so, if you look at who has signed Supermax contracts, I think it's Steph Curry, um, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and uh, James Harden. You, you definitely think, hey, James Harden and Stephen Curry; those those are two guys that are quote-unquote worthy of the Supermax, but Westbrook and Wall, when they signed, it seemed like they were no-brainers to, to be eligible, or not eligible, to be worthy of it. God, I, I think I'm like talking like Thor here, but to be worthy of the Supermax. And, uh, but the injuries has kind of slowed John Wall down, has slowed John Wall down, and Russell Westbrook's just age is kind of slowing him down a little bit. So, that's my, my kind of style of play. Yeah, right. And my, my thoughts about the Supermax have been that, boy, it really hamstrings a lot of teams because you're putting, you know, because to be eligible, you have to be in the league at seven years or something. So you're already trying to keep somebody that's been in the league for a little bit. Um, and you're telling them, hey, we're going to pay you for not just like future service, but like almost like back pay for these rookies and guys who played for yeah. you on a yeah who played for you on a cheap contract their first first few years we're trying to you know back pay pay you that way but it does make honestly it hard. I think the supermax has had a lot of unintended consequences it was meant to help the small market team it's basically hamstring hamstringing the small market team yeah it's, so, uh, it's an ill-conceived uh, idea and honestly I mean if you're gonna have a cap and in this environment. Maybe you should just have no max contracts and let them pay people what they want to pay them. I mean, but that's also like the hard for the Jazz to go into free agency every every free agency against the Lakers, you know? Yeah. Not, no, uh, not right now. The, the, today's Lakers, we look like the most stable organization in basketball, and they look like some kind of junior league with with like a a divorced set of parents or something running the running the organization, I don't know. It's it's not so fair though. That, I, that's the that, tough that's, reality though is, is that even though the Lakers look like that, 
they're still probably going to get a higher tier free agent than the Jets. That's just oh, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, they're at LeBron James, and that allure that that name brings in free agents for the Utah Jazz. They don't really have that. So the the, yeah, the exactly. fact that it is designed to help them, but at the same time, you look at situations like uh, in Minnesota where they're they're kind of hamstringed by their max contracts, and and it doesn't necessarily help small market teams if they don't go about it smartly. I think the Jazz will. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's tough to, for me, justify giving a 33, 34 year old Rudy Gobert that much money. You've got to either renegotiate with him and hope he takes a pay cut willing to make a championship or, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario, the one that the, that jazz fans don't want to hear is if, if he really wants all that money, maybe time to move on at some point. I mean, well, no, I mean, I've seen a lot of fans that are displaying the exact opposite sentiment and want to trade him because, like, he's not going to be worth that. Trade him, trade him, trade him. And I'm like, okay, you realize that the rest of the league thinks like you're thinking right now, too, right? He's a shot blocker, he's a defensive player, et cetera, et cetera. This is an offensive based league. People wanting to trade him, I'm like, you're not going to get fair value for Rudy. For what no, he, no, that's a good let, point. Let's... Rudy, as good as he is in the Jazz system, he does have to have the right system to be that player. Exactly. If Rudy Gobert on a team where he is the supermax star, where he is your focal point, at least yeah. offensively, you're going to really, really struggle. And, you know, I, I think that other teams in the league, especially ones that don't rely on their defense like the Jazz do, have a far different view of Rudy Gobert than, than we do here in the state. Exactly. Right. That's and, what I think. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know that a lot of fans have given the Kings a lot of grief in the last couple of years, and and Vladdy Divox and everything for all the trades. But he also traded Demarcus Cousins, who probably would have been eligible for a supermax contract. Oh, he so, already he already was eligible. He made All NBA, and um, uh, they decided that he was not worth it because the supermax probably should go to, as Porter said, like one of the top five to seven guys. Uh, in the league, you know, like the, the but the, those guys, the transcendent superstars, Kawhi, Durant, and LeBron don't need it because they can they can make money regardless. Yeah. And so um, it was interesting. So I mean, they and the trade looks a lot better for the Kings than it did when they first made it. Uh, oh you know, yeah. They, they got yeah they got Buddy Hield and um, uh, Darren Fox out of it, but you know. Well, and not just that. It apparently, according to Vlade. He had a better offer on the table, right? They could have got even more if Randive wasn't such an indecisive owner. Right. <laughs> the the super max, you know, we we're gonna give Rudy max power here. You know, you you mustn't touch. And so I'm not sure what we do with Rudy. I'm not sure what the Jazz. Will. I mean, it's not a problem that we need to deal with in the near future, but you know, it's something in the back of the mind of what to do because. Like I said, if the Jazz somehow do grab a free agent this offseason that you pay max money to, in two years you're going to have three guys worth the max. And I know there's a lot of people out there who say, well, it's a simple uh, – a lot of Charlotte fans are saying this too. Don't offer the super max to these guys. Just offer the regular max. It's still more than what you can offer other teams. But I think that's a, there's, there's some danger to that because – we we both we we all know that Rudy is kind of an emotional guy, right? And this is a guy that this is a job to these folks. Like they reached their earning, they they reached these accolades, and it gave them put them into a different earning potential. 
and to tell someone, hey, you know, right. I know you're eligible for a supermax contract. We don't think you should be worth that much money. How about we offer you this instead? While it still may be more than what everybody else can offer, it's kind of a slap to the face, I would think, to some of these players. Like, yeah. if you're Kemba Walker and, and, and you want to make a decision about your future to stay in Charlotte, you're not doing it for less than the Supermax, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And, and maybe the situation with Rudy Gobert is a little bit different because, you know, he does really like being here. He he thinks that maybe this could be a championship opportunity. So maybe he has a little bit different mindset about it. But at the same time, I know that Rudy Gobert loves his money. You know, he's a guy who grew up in, in a poor town in France. And he the things he earns, he really believes he earns. And he's now earned the eligibility for that Supermax contract. And, and if he doesn't get that offer... No, just knowing Rudy Gobert's persona and his personality, he, you know, he may find that insulting. He may think that, you know, I earned this. It's on paper that I earned this. So why am I not getting it? Um, there's more to it than that. Obviously, the Jazz hopefully could work with him. And then, you know, I know that Dennis Lindsay in the front office are really transparent with Rudy about not only where they think he is, but, you know, where they think his value is. So, uh well, I, I think Rudy is the reason we moved on from George Hill. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my and the ironic thing here is um, Gordon Hayward was almost eligible for the Supermax the year he left. And personally, at that time, I had, I had told a lot of people that if Gordon would have been eligible for the Supermax, I think I would have reluctantly, if I were the Jazz, I would have reluctantly given him the Supermax because you're not going to find a replacement level Gordon Hayward on the free agent market, but I would have been very, very wary about it. And the ironic thing is that if we had had an offer of Gordon Hayward, the Supermax, the Jazz could be a lot better right now with Gordon, uh, Rudy, and uh, Donovan. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's true. a tough call. I, there's no right answer, but it's a conundrum. It's a max power conundrum, you know? Yeah, and like you said, there is no right answer, and there's especially no right answer right now because this is in the future, a couple years. Uh, Rudy would be eligible for it, an extension next summer, or you know, just renegotiating in, in the summer following. And I think you really have to pay close attention to how his body holds up and how he continues to progress as a player. If he becomes Shaq offensively and is still the defensive player he is now, yeah, throw that supermax at him. Uh, but if he's still you know, a 14 point per game, whatever it is, score, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a lot of reserve offering $250 million to that guy, especially when on the back end of his deal, uh, 62 plus million dollars paid in the final year would be when he's 33 and 34 years old for a seven foot one shot blocker. Usually those guys at 34 years old are, are really starting to see the advanced effects of their, their career and just their body, you know, scientific and, and medical advancements don't only go so far. Rudy Gobert's body is going to break down a little quicker than a guy like Donovan Mitchell's. That's just the reality of it. So, you know, you, you like we've talked about a lot, you have to have some reserve of, of paying a guy 60 plus million dollars at, at that age. And, and if you think it's worth it to hinder your team in those last two years of his contract or however it is at the, at the tail end of his prime, if you think it's worth it to make that sacrifice in order to maybe try and, you know, lengthen your championship possibility window, uh, go for it. But, you know, there's a lot to be thought about for sure. Right. 
So Jazz fans, Jazz fans, you're a little worried. It's it's time for you to strap yourself in and feel the G's because <laughs> um, uh, the max power train is coming. So uh, supporters, it's actually kind of funny because uh, the, I wonder how many of our listeners are actually going to catch this reference. Honestly, uh, it, only if they don't catch it, I don't care. But the the fans who do catch it, it's a great Easter egg for all the references I'm going to drop about Max Power. Anyway, <laughs> the NBA draft is uh, about a month away, right? Yep. And most Jazz fans don't seem to care that much. Like I personally, I have not even like researched many of the guys that uh, the Jazz have had. Like the Jazz had 12 guys in for workouts today, and you know it, it's part of the problem when you have the 23rd pick. It's such a late pick. Um, maybe the Jazz find somebody uh, that can become a rotation player at best, I would assume. Uh, I kind of put some feelers out there to get some questions. Um, Alex McMillan sent me. So we're more worried about the offseason. And his question was, who do you think the, the favorite created the Jazz Porter? And I assume he's asking about who do you think the, the Jazz's favorite is going to be to try to get. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, the most realistic and, and high t- priority target would be a Kemba Walker, a D'Angelo Russell, or a Tobias Harris. And, you know, I think that, that Kemba being eligible for that Supermax might kind of take him off the market. I think him being offered that much money might keep him in Charlotte with Michael Jordan. Uh, so then you look at guys like D'Angelo Russell, Tobias Harris, and, and for me, I really like a Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you have a couple of things you need in free agency if you're the Jets or through the draft, however you decide to work it. And and that is uh, an additional shot creator and just floor spacing. You know, they, they, they've shown what they need in the last two seasons over the playoffs. Still an elite defensive team. Once things tighten up in, in playoff time, they really do struggle to score. So they need that shot creator. They need to, you know, find more floor spacing in order to, you know, go as, as the NBA is going towards that three-point shot. And, and you know, there's guys that do it. I think Malcolm Brogdon, you know, a guy who's a 50, 40, 90 guy, that's rare to get. And, and pairing him next to Donovan Mitchell, pairing a really efficient player like him next to Donovan Mitchell, I think would be a really, really good route if the Jazz can't get uh, D'Angelo Russell, Tobias Harris. You know, you could, with the with the situation the Bucks are in, uh, this is just hypothetical, but you could offer Malcolm Brogdon a little bit that they would take you could even overpay a little bit for Malcolm Brogdon and that would probably force the Bucks to be out uh, on trying to get him so for oh me, interesting he's the most realistic and for me good fit but that being said the Jazz still do have other options they have the option to trade that pick and 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 couple it with some other players to maybe get a Mike Conley or you know maybe this is off off the table now but a Kyle Lowry guys like that who who may have been available for trade at the deadline that the Jazz couldn't get, they could still go for that this summer. And I think you could still uh, see them revisit the Mike Conley talks, even though the Jazz and Grizzlies didn't see eye to eye in those earlier in the year. Uh, I think it's interesting that you think Malcolm Brogdon is the best uh, chance for the Jazz because um, anybody who follows Tony Jones on Twitter has has heard that Tony thinks that it's not going to happen because, first of all, to offer Brogdon uh, a contract, you kind of you have to overpay a little bit. Yeah. You do. Uh, Bobby Marks probably said an $18 million a year contract would probably do it. Uh, my personal guess would probably be a little bit north of 20, 20 million, 22 ish. I think, I think I was looking at it the other day and this is the other thing is that he may not want a, a short-term contract and the jazz right now probably don't want to give 
a Malcolm Brogdon, a five-year deal. It would probably be a two-year deal. So they'd have to uh, overpay him a little bit. You know, you could see a, a two-year, $22 million per year contract, maybe a total of $45 million, uh, would probably get it done. That being said, you are overpaying for him a little bit, uh, but you do pair Donovan Mitchell with a really efficient playmaker at the point guard position, and that's kind of something that they've been missing. So there's, there's high risk, yeah. high reward, and that's Is not— Is that even long enough to have his bird rights, though, two-year deal? What's that? Does, is that going to be long enough to have his bird rights, though, because the two-year deal? Because no, you're going to need those if you want to yeah. re-sign him. Yeah. Uh, and and when, that's that's kind of the, the tough situation is that the Jazz still have to, in the long term, have that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert re-signing lingering. So you can't really hinder yourself with a Magnum, Malcolm Brogdon contract. But, yeah, that doesn't give him the bird rights. Uh, it's more of a short-term fix. But if you think the Jazz playoff and, and championship window is in the next two years, that might be something you're willing to do. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Five-star reviews helps us get noticed by more podcast platforms. This podcast is an unwrapped partner podcast. The network is filled with loads of great sports content. Check it out. There are two apps I want to talk about. First is Yamble. It's a great app that lets you play along during live games to make live prop bets for points. The top point getters per half win actual cash prizes. Turn your viewing into winning. Yamble is now available on the App Store and Google Play. Also, Podcoin, the podcast player that pays. You can earn points just by listening to podcasts like this one. Turn those points into prizes like Amazon or Google Play gift cards, Kindles, or headphones. Download the app and get paid to listen to this podcast. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. And um uh I mean offering uh Brogdon or uh DeAndre Russell a contract ties up your cap space for three days yep. because of restricted free agents. So uh I, I I'm it's interesting. I, I wonder if Milwaukee, now that they didn't make the finals, would resign Brogdon because they got they gotta pay Middleton, who's gonna get a max offer somewhere. And then they're going to have to pay Brogdon too. And then that puts their cap, you know, really high in the luxury tax. But hey, you know, if it works, it works. Um, so the so the best jazz window is about two years before all the contracts hit. I know a lot of jazz fans want to get someone like Harris for five years or four years, excuse me, at the max to keep up with the quote unquote timeline. Uh, and one guy that the jazz fans have seen the sour on is Mike Conley. Which is interesting because at the trade deadline, everybody, it seems like a lot of people loved him. And now that we're in the offseason, there's a lot less of that and a lot more criticism about his age, his role, his contract, and all this stuff. And I think it's interesting because it was, it's just a, a weird flip. And maybe it's because a lot of Jazz fans would rather go Harris or Kemba and would feel like if getting Conley would be a settle. But his contract does end in two years in that window that we're talking about. Yeah, that's the thing is that if, if you can get Matt, uh, Mike Conley on his current contract, his current deal, uh, you don't have to worry about his his age really being a, being a problem because I think he does for sure still have two good years uh, in his prime. And, and you pair him in the right system, you see what he does in, in, in Memphis. And it's pretty impressive because it seems to me, at, at least at this point, that front office is is pretty incompetent. So you see what he's done in Memphis. He's been an all-star. He's, in my eyes, been one of the more underrated players in the league for a long time. 
And he gives you at the point guard position really exactly what you'd want alongside of Donovan Mitchell. He's not necessarily a ball dominant guard. He's an efficient shooter and a really good playmaker and I think a pretty underrated defender. So you look at a guy like Mike Conley, his contract lines up with when you'd have to, you know, start really thinking about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell long term. And, you know, then maybe you get two really good years out of a Mike Conley and and let him go like you did Ricky Rubio. I think Mike Conley is obviously a huge step up from Ricky Rubio. So if you wanted to go that strategy and that route, I still think he's a really good option there. But then again, you're probably going to have to give up your 23rd pick. You're probably not going to see Derek Favors. Uh, and, and and that's just something you have to live with as a Jazz fan. And probably one of Exum or yeah. uh, Crowder or somebody there too. Yeah. So let's talk about this situation. So let's say the situation, Rudy gets a Supermax from the Jazz. Donovan gets a Max extension. Uh, and we sign somebody, I don't know, so just just say, let's say we sign Kimball Walker for $35 million in his, his fourth year. Is there a way the Jazz can recover from that? Like that, that will, like I said earlier, that'll probably be about ninety percent of the cap in two years. Three players, ninety percent of your cap. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think you can you can hamstring your team like by doing that. You see what happens with the Rockets right now. Uh, mm-hmm. James Harden and Chris Paul are taking up seventy-two percent of their cap space, and now they're really in a tough spot because they can't really retain what they want to retain, and they can't attract any major free agents. So that's something that it's it's just gauging the risk with the reward the the rockets signed those contracts tro- signed those contracts thinking that they were going to compete with the warriors this year and last year now that didn't happen and now the rockets are seeing the effects of those contracts if you think that it's worth hamstringing your team for the end of their contracts like houston is now to try and hit that championship window before then like i said that's that's a that's a sacrifice you might be willing to take but yeah, like like you said at the end of it, I think it's probably just a little too much uh, burden on your on your salary cap at the end of those contracts. Uh, well, I, mean, I think it's interesting. What pro- well, what probably hurts the Jazz the most is Clay Thompson not getting being eligible for a supermax, right? <laughs> I, I I think I think Clay Thompson would have signed with the Warriors regardless, uh, supermax or no supermax. So. Uh, I don't think he's leaving Golden State, but it would have been interesting if he got the Supermax and how Golden State would have navigated having two Supermax players on their roster. So yeah. I, I think um, uh, I think that Kevin Durant is uh, probably officially out. Uh, so that op- <laughs> that opens up a lot. We would hope. I think regardless, yeah, they're going to re-sign Clay Thompson. I could see Clay and Steph being paired in that backcourt for you know another five plus years. So. I think the train on Clay Thompson is kind of out. I don't think he really is is very attracted to Utah either. He's a real California no, guy. I, I wasn't Did saying for jazz. Yeah, of so course. Go somewhere else. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's going. I don't know if he's leaving. I just I just don't see him. If he did, I, I think like personally. Joe Jacobs is very clear now, media that he's not. But I mean, I mean, it would hamstring them financially. They'd be. That's that's the whole point. But that, yeah, that's the thing is that the the Warriors and the Rockets, like the Warriors haven't had cash space in years, and they, the the Jazz they they figure out a way to get the Jazz to help them out to get Andre Iguodala, you know, five years ago. The Rockets have had uh, salary cap problems for the last couple of years, but they were also to pick up some better minimum guys. They have some G League guys. 
So I mean, there is a there is a way. Like if the Jazz were to give Rudy a supermax, sign two other max, or one other max guy this year, give Donovan a max extension. I mean, it would take. The thing is, I think with Dennis's history, finding diamonds in the rough, like he'll maybe he can find somebody from Europe or something. You know. Yeah, you you have to draft well. Number one, you have to value your draft picks. Number one, and and draft well. Uh, you don't have to draft every year, but if you trade a draft pick away, it has to be for somebody. I mean, the Warriors traded or bought a draft pick in the second round and got Jordan Bell. You know, so you have to be good in the draft, and you have to be able to find quality, mm-hmm. free, like Trevor Ariza types, who will sign for min- veteran minimums to 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 go for a ring. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but it is hard. It's a difficult uh, uh, path to, to to traverse. So. Porter, what do you yeah, think of uh, you, need, you need like a David West. Sorry, yeah. I, missed, I missed that question. What was that? I, I was going to say, Emma, what do you think of the Jazz are? How do you think the Jazz offseason, like if you had to put some money on it, how do you think it's going to play out? You know, do we resign favors? Do we get a big free agent? Like, how would you craft a good offseason for the Jazz? Realistic offseason for the Jazz, I guess. You know, that's, that's a tough question because. It, it, well, it, I, I ask tough questions is what I do here. <laughs> I respect that. It, it, it takes a, a lot of other variables that are going into it. You know, I think the Jazz are going to wait out a little bit of the free agency period to see, you know, where D'Angelo Russell ends up, where Kyrie goes kind of affects what Brooklyn does. So if D'Angelo Russell's available, that's still an option. If, if Kemba Walker resigns, then obviously that's off the table. So there's still a lot of things that happen before the Jazz, I think, really can even hope to do anything. If I was a betting man, personally, I think Dennis Lindsay and the Jazz are going to try and make a trade because they they have made the mistake of, of trying to get or hoping to get free agents in the past and, and losing out on them and, and, and kind of just going in that with nothing and just running it back like they have. That being said, hey, they, they're a good team and they could just run it back and win 50-plus games again in the regular season, but they want playoff success, and, and I think – surrounding Donovan Mitchell with genuine championship talent is what Dennis Lindsay wants to do. And he knows that his window is short in order to do that. So I honestly would not be surprised at all if the Jazz paired that 23rd pick with Derek Favors and a couple other guys and, and made a trade for a Mike Conley or someone of the sort. And it's going to be, it's, it's hard for Jazz fans this year because this is a big offseason for the Jazz and Jazz fans. And they feel like there's only a few ways to, you know, only a few options that will make it a quote-unquote successful jazz offseason. Right. And I, I'm here to remind them that there are three ways. There's the right way, the wrong way, and the max power way. So, you know, let's just, you know, let, let's comment, you know, we, we tend to be prisoners of the moment. And if there's a trade for Mike Conley or whoever it is, you know, I think the jazz, I, I trust in Dennis Lindsay. I've talked about this a lot, how I trust the jazz front office to find a way, even when it looks bleak, they, they find a way. So the max oh, power way, isn't that the wrong way? Yeah, <laughs> faster. Um, anyway, uh, Jared, do you have any questions uh, we should finish up with here? Um, you know, let's see. Questions, questions, questions. I think, honestly, at this point, the real question is, do we think? That Sixer team is going to split up, and if so, are we Tobias Harris's first option? I don't know. 
I uh, I'll answer this before Porter, but I think I don't think they uh, if they do split up, I think it's Jimmy Butler and not Tobias Harris. I think um, Harris. I don't think Harris is going to turn down that extra because Harris hasn't ha- hasn't made that money yet. He hasn't secured his bag yet. He hasn't been a max player in his career yet. And I think it's like fifty million dollars he would put on the table if he left the 76ers. I just don't see that happening. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe Tobias want something besides money uh, like in the NBA. So, but I think he's young enough and that, you know, that first, that first big contract is hard to turn down. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think uh, they do split up, but I think it's in the form of Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy okay. Butler probably finds a new home this off season. He's a guy who in that locker room, I think maybe similar to the, the Minnesota locker room didn't really jive with those guys. And that just may be the, the reality of Jimmy Butler and, and his career. So I think they do split up, but I think it's Jimmy Butler. Oh, going. kept Joel and beat in check. In a way. Yeah. And he may have, but I think, I think, I think he doesn't want to do that. I don't think that's what Jimmy Butler wants to do with his career. I think there's yeah, a real, I think you're probably right. there's a real possibility of him maybe heading West uh, with LeBron, depending on what, how that goes. And then I think that the Sixers, you know, are obviously going to offer Tobias Harris that max. And and if I'm a betting man, I think he takes that. And that's one thing. That's one reason that I think the Jazz may go out and make a trade is because I do think Tobias Harris stays put and they're not willing to put all their cars in on that table when. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Contract from Philadelphia. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's just a lot of money. Like Kevin Walker, his decision became a lot harder when he made that all NBA team because. That's eighty million-ish dollars that he would leave on the table, and I know that we think these guys are millionaires, but eighty million dollars is a lot of money for almost anybody in the world. So yeah, I mean exactly. maybe maybe not Elon Musk, but you know somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. So, uh, but you know, again, we we're here to preach to trust the Jazz front office to figure out something. I guess so. Uh, Porter, you can't you uh, can't bring Porter. up Elon Musk and not make fun of that stupid tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Porter, where can people follow you on uh, on the social medias there? I, you can find me at Larson underscore ESPN. Uh, Utah, a lot of Utah Jazz, RSL, University of Utah Athletics content over there. And then obviously just at ESPN700sports.com. I post a lot of articles up there as well. And you're, you'll be able to see plenty of it on that site. Home of the youth. Home of the youth. Hi, Derek. Well, um, I'm right, at go the distance 49 on Twitter and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't post anything but bad jokes and commentary on, uh, dating life and stuff like that <laughs> and Utah jazz and of course the youths and make the, the occasional BYU joke. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for the ladies to drop down their application, uh, for uh, their, yeah, the, the, dude, what don't, 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 <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Please follow our, our uh, High Notes page here, at Jazz High Notes. You can follow me personally on Twitter, at WhoTransSuperman. That's H-U-U-T-R-A-N-S-U-P-E-R-M-A-N. Make sure to get... Remember, ladies, as, um, at him to encourage him to change it to Hugh-Tran Ladies Man. <laughs> every, I mean, every letter is as, as, as more important than the last letter. Nope, as important. Nope, more important. Nope, as important. So um, uh, thanks for joining us on the Max Power podcast. Thank you, Porter, for graciously uh, donating your time for, with us. Uh, can you will you come back on again and talk to us? Yeah, I'd love to. It just uh, depends on how it lines up with my schedule, but you know how to contact me, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, man. Yeah, hey, thanks again, Porter.
Appreciate it. I'm sliding. I'm sliding into his DMs. So um, uh, um, uh, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy your weekend. And um, uh, we'll see you guys again next time. So I want the monogram to read M-A-X-P-O-W. Sir, traditionally, a monogram is just initials. Max Power doesn't abbreviate. Each letter is as important as the one that preceded it. Maybe more important. No, as important. Very well. And if you got enough room, add some exclamation points and a pirate flag. There's three ways to do things. The right way, the wrong way, and the Max Power way. Isn't that the wrong way? Yeah, but faster. I fell in love with Homer Simpson. I don't want to snuggle with Max Power. Nobody snuggles with Max Power. You strap yourself in and feel the G's.